I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, March 31, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What are we going to do today? We're going to look around the horn. We're going to see what's on the docket. We're going to discuss what the likely scenario is for the market over the near term. And then we're going to discuss what the likely scenario is for the market over the intermediate term. So we're going to give you two sides to the equation. We're going to give you the bull case. We're going to give you the bear case. I'm going to give you the next few days and I'm going to give you the next couple of weeks. We'll throw the ball around the horn. We'll take a look at a variety of different markets, a variety of different charts, and we'll talk about some stuff that nobody else talks about. Let's start with the daily chart. What jumps off the page at me? When this chart populates, this daily chart, what is the first, second, or even third thing that jumps off the page, something I can't help but notice? For me, it's really two things. A, I have the 263.09. Let's talk about that for a second. So today was the third day they attempted to get to and through 263.09. The first attempt was back here, I believe, last Thursday. The high was 262.80. No dice. The next attempt was yesterday. The high was 262.43. No dice. Today, they make another attempt, and the high happens to be over and above. The high is 263.33, but we have a rejection at an important price. Is it an important price to everybody? Not necessarily. Is it an important price to me? Yes, it is. Do I care if it's an important price to anybody else? Absolutely not. So that's item number one. That jumps off the page at me because it's my trend line, my number. We'll get back to that in a moment. The second thing that jumps off the page is the 20-period moving average. So we can also make a case for that the market has tried to get through, even today spiking through it, tried to get through the 20-period moving average, and it can't really do it. So all of a sudden, the 20-period moving average is pushing price lower or at least preventing price from moving higher. And this all happens on a coincidence at around 263.09. Now, is 09 the actual number? Maybe it's 30. Maybe it's 263.30 where we were today. Maybe it's 262.92. doesn't make any difference. My number that came out of the calculator was 263.09. Therefore, it is my number. Market doesn't have to stop on my number. It's just my number. Okay, so all that being said, we have two reasons why the market has stopped going higher. So what are we going to do with that information? Well, let's take a look at the chart and what do we see? We see the market basically has been going sideways up near this area for four days. So even though we haven't been able to get through 263.09, we tried it three times. Third time was a charm, but we couldn't get over and above and stay there, but we finally got there on the third try. Was the market significantly rejected from this area? Not so much. There's a rejection and there's a pullback. So far, this is a pullback. So that being said, what's still intact? we still have the potential for an ABC pattern, right? So we have a high here. Now, whether or not we go higher or whether we come down first remains a mystery. We'll find out tomorrow. Maybe we'll find out the day after that. 
But we also have to consider something else is developing here, so maybe it's not so much the ABC pattern, but we'll also make a case for why it works both ways. And I don't mean to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but hear me out on this. So we have an up move off the bottom, that's a flagpole, and now all of a sudden we have a market that's been going sideways, creating a bearish flaggish pattern. Okay, what's the point of the flag part of the pattern? is to eat time off the clock. What's the point of the B leg of an ABC pattern? In the case of this direction, meaning the B would be a pullback, it's a pullback, it's to eat time off the clock, it's to reset the clock. So in a sense, and I'm making this up as I go along, you're not gonna find this in any book, you're not gonna find this taught in your chartered financial analyst class, none of that stuff. This is real world, common sense, logical stuff. If we can agree that the flag has the same type of job to do, we'll call it a job. Its job is to eat time off the clock. So whether it's a bull flag, and here's the flag, eating time off the clock up in this area, that's item number one, well the same job exists for B out of an ABC pattern. So here's A, let's say B came down here. What's its job? Its job is to pull back, reset the clock, eat time off the clock, or reset the tape, I should say, and reset it for another push higher. Well, that's really essentially the same thing as the flag is doing. It's eating time off the clock, setting up for a continuation move higher. So what I would say is, if we go sideways, it's the same thing as if we pull back and we can do a combination of both. All right, so what's our guideline underneath? Down south, what are we looking for for the market to really stay bullish? Well, we take it one step at a time, and I like to say one candlestick at a time. So that being said, just from a daily chart perspective, we will use yesterday's low as our first guideline. So yesterday's low is 253.53. So here's what we'll say. If the market is still bullish and trading lower, and that could be the case, the market can trade lower and still be in a bullish position setting up for a continuation move. So if we trade lower and we trade below that low of yesterday's candle, so the low happens to be 253.53, if we're below that, closing hourly below that, and certainly closing daily below that, then we're likely going to be able to say we're more headed into the B leg of an ABC type of pattern than we are in a bull flag type of pattern. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Why? What's our objective? Our objective is the next best trade, right? So if the next best trade is finding the bottom of the B leg and riding it up over the top of the A leg and potentially a lot more... That's the trade I'm interested in. Why am I not interested in riding the B leg down? Because I don't know if it's a B leg. What happens if we just continue going sideways in a chop shop formation? What's really happening is the flag is forming of a bull flag pattern. Well, I don't want to be in a short position while the flag is forming of a bull flag pattern that's going to result in a continuation move up north. Now... Let's say it's a really bad day tomorrow. Let's say the market's trading down on Wednesday and it's below the 253.53. What's the next bogey? The next bogey is pretty obvious. There's really two numbers. It's 250, 
which is a semi-fat round number. It's also a fat round number from an ES perspective. In fact, we're going to give it big fat round number status across the board. It's not really a semi-anything. But we have 250, and right in between, or right next to 250, happens to be a low in this breakup candle of 249.05. So within one point on the SPY, or 10 handles in the S&P 500, we have a pretty interesting area. If the market were to be down there, we should find an assemblance of support at 250, 249. And that really is framed by, under normal garden variety market conditions, using the 80-20 rule, and it's even better than that. That's an area where there will be buyers that step in. Now that's minus some kind of a black swan event, where the market's scaling down, and they're clipping off 50, 100 handle clips at a time. We've seen that before. We're not in that environment right now. It could come back, but we're not there right now. Volatility is subsiding. Now think about this for a second. The VIX was down today about 6%. The market was down. The S&P 500 was down about 1.5%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 400 points, about 1.8%. And the transports were down, as was the NASDAQ, almost 1%. Yet the VIX was down. What is that telling us? Well, I don't know what it's telling us, But what it's telling me is that we're in a pullback and there's a higher probability that the market has another leg higher as a result of I'm looking at the VIX coming down on a down day. I can't help but have that puzzle piece at the ready. Yes, the stock market can come down more. The VIX can even be up a day or two. But what the trend is telling me when I look at the trend on the VIX and I look what's going on in the SPY, this is what I see. I can't help but have this puzzle piece at the ready. It's on the table. Taking a look at the 120-minute chart, we'll just make mention of the fact that we're into and also have been supported at the 20-period moving average on this chart. But what happens if we trade below that? Where's an area that we might want to pay attention to? Well, if the market were to come down, we find readily available the low here, 253.53. It's obviously the same number. Depending on which chart you look at, it looks different, but it's the same area. You have the candle there, 253.53 low. The candle next to it has a low of 252.55. That's another pivot low. And you have this area here where the market gapped down to on the 27th, found immediate support, and went higher. They came back one time to backtest it. That's this red candle here at the end of the day on the 27th. That's running a garden variety test. And they went back up from there. So coming back, we would consider this a former breakout area somewhere in the neighborhood of the 253.5 zone, give or take. You see how we put this together? You have numbers. You have the concepts put forth all the time. When you put the two together, when they match up, you generally have something tangible on your hands. So that's my current story in the SPY. Short term, even if they come down a little more, I'm looking for support in and around that zone. Below that, we have the 250, give or take, maybe down to 249. There should be buyers in that zone if reached. Now, let's switch gears for a second and have the discussion of how in the hell 
Can we even be talking about the market going higher or any stock going higher when the country, in fact, the entire world or most of the world is shut down, if not slow down? I'll give you the simple answer. It's a known known. We get comments under the video all the time. The market can only go down because of everything that's going on. It's fake. It's phony. The Fed is propping up the market. It's going to fall apart. All that may be true later. Right now, the market's still having a relief rally. Remember, the market just made a bottom last Monday. Could it only go as high as it went today, peter out, and make new lows? Absolutely. Could we have a deeper pullback than we just discussed? Could they retest the lows, maybe make a slightly higher or even slightly lower low and take off from there? That's obviously possible. We have to take it one step at a time, one day at a time, one candlestick at a time. And what I'm giving you is what's next. What happens after next if it happens tomorrow? Inside the numbers, members will have it lock, stock, and barrel. What a convenient lead-in. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. Basically, minus a couple of things here and there, the market traded in a pretty narrow and tight range and was relatively quiet the majority of the day. Minus a pop up north early in the morning and a trek down south in the afternoon, it stayed in a range the majority of the day. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that this is the end of the quarter, the last day of the quarter, Was it window dressing? Was it rebalancing? We don't know. Nobody ever can prove those things one way or the other. Therefore, I'd rather just put those in the category of that stuff might happen, but I like to classify it as old wives' tales. So it's turnaround Tuesday. Yesterday was a big up day. Today was a down day. Funny how that works. You hear me or watch me, read me, put turnaround Tuesday all the time, And more often than not, way more often than not, we have a Turnaround Tuesday. That's the reason it's called Turnaround Tuesday. So I'll let you read the commentary and then we'll take a look real quick at the stocks on the move. But there's a couple of interesting things that we can point out, stuff that we can highlight. Basically, we were angling for a long position early in the morning to ride the market up to the overnight highs. Here's the rest of the pre-market commentary. You can pause the video, watch it or read it whenever you want, restart it whenever you want, and do so at your leisure. What I want to do is just point out the things that are important, the things that might help you decide whether this is something that you can take advantage of and make money from like other Inside the Numbers members do each and every day. We're zeroed in on 25.95, you can see at 9.40 a.m., As long as they hold that area and get back above 2,600, they should make a run for or a test of the overnight highs. So we move along and see what's going on. We always have to have both sides of the tape. So we have the south side. We have the north side. We know our numbers. We know where we're wrong. Moving right along. By 10 o'clock, they're eating time off the clock. And we know above 2,600, this is the futures contract. They're likely to make a run for the overnight highs by 10, 12, and there they go. Got above 2,600 and the slingshot begins. Simple from here. Below 2,600 is a fumble. They should go for the overnight highs. Now, let's move it along and we'll see what happened or I'll describe what happened real quick. It's pretty simple. They came close 
and they fell away. They never actually got to the overnight highs. I think they got within about five points. Not too bad. They got up to about 26.30, or maybe it happened to be 26.29. Not a bad ride, but also, and the reason I bring this up is, you have to take profit along the way if you're running this as a business. How many times have you heard me say that? How many times has it happened that, well, if you took profit along the way, it would have been a great trade. If you didn't take profit along the way and you gambled that the whole thing would get taken out at the target and you ended up losing on the trade, why do you think that was? Because you didn't treat it as a business. Let's move it forward a little bit. Little of note at 10.32, NVAX did the deal and went on a little ride, allowing traders to continue to stuff their pockets. Nice job to those that took the ride. Now, we haven't taken a look at the stocks on the move list yet, but we will moving right along. So there you go. At about 12.25, they came up short of the overnight highs, and then I go on to explain what I just explained to you. And now we know back below 2,600 is a fumble again. We're back into the same area that they were basically chopping around in all day yesterday. And that's pretty much what happened until they broke down below that area. That's pretty much what happened for the rest of the day until they broke down. Once they broke down below that area, it was all she wrote. They couldn't get back above. They tried a few times, but they kept dripping lower. And that you'll find in the notes, that they're going to drip lower until and unless they can recapture what we were watching around that 2595 area and the 2600. It was very apparent, very obvious, and traders had a beat on what numbers were important all day long it's very important if you're active in the market during the day case in point if we were going to see a rally and a breakout today guess what stocks would have went on the ride too however if we're going to see some kind of failure guess what stocks are likely going to come down also you need to know these things no matter what you're trading in the market you need a tour guide now let's point out one other thing 327 post, remember from before the support area mentioned SPY 256.75. Where was that mentioned before? 125 in the afternoon. Once they give up the former breakout area, they're on their way to run a test of something else. What's the best spot on the hourly chart that would provide support? SPY 256.75, give or take. Do they have to get there? No. If they do, there should be support. We'll get back to this in a moment. Let's take a look at stocks on the move real quick. We had only three on the board today, NVAX, RH, and FTI. NVX did the deal. We'll take a look at that chart. RH was somewhat of a screw job. Some traders made a ton of money. This trader got screwed over, and FTI did nothing. Remember I said we would come back to the 256.75. Here's an SPY five-minute chart. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. So here's what happened. In the afternoon, and this happened at 1525, also known as 325 in the afternoon, the market comes in to 256.75. Spiked it through by a little bit, making a low of 256.22. And then what happened? And then they had a nice little rocket ride, making a high just minutes later, 258.64. We can round numbers here. That's about 20 S&P handles. That's off a number given out hours earlier, about two hours earlier. 
So just that trade alone, what does that pay for? Does it pay for a month? Does it pay for six months? Does it pay for a year worth of your subscription? It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? How about NVAX? So here's the close of yesterday. The stock closes at 14.31, getting a little haircut at the open, and you can see what happened. Comes into 13.55, goes lower, never gets to the second price. That's where the second half would have been added if it got to the second price. Anyway, pulls up short, turns around, ends up going high in the other direction to where? 14.36. Out of a $13.5 stock, by my math, that's a pretty darn good trade. Came back in at the end of the day, but guess what? Who cares? We're not marrying these things. We're just trying to stuff our pockets and move on. Here's the screw job. So the stock is hovering above the first number, $100.91. It's hovering, hovering, hovering all morning long in the pre-market. Here's the pre-market activity. Hovering, 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 touches it, bounces off, comes in right at the opening bell. Here's the 9.30 candle on a 15-minute chart. Here's a 5-minute chart. How about the 9.30 candle on a 5-minute chart? You see what's going on here? They came in, opened below it, and ripped the stock higher like there's no tomorrow. So why is it a screw job for me? Because I didn't take the trade. When the stock opens below the number, I don't put in the order. Doesn't mean it's not going to work. It's just a rule that I trade by. However, some traders don't play by that rule and they buy it anyway with the expectation if the market went lower, they would buy a second half down at the second number. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And any trader, and I know there were several, I got the emails, any trader that took advantage of the opening print and just pretended that it didn't open below the number and they bought it up, they were handsomely rewarded with what? A $10, $12 rip in a matter of minutes. That, my friends, is a rocket ride. The stock was a high of 112 just minutes after the open. It goes in the classification of redonkulous, but in a good way, in a good way for anybody that took the trade. Here's what's important. The numbers work. The price zones work. We're identifying an area where it is a destination. When a stock is headed to a destination, what happens? It generally flips around, turns around, heads back in the other direction. Sometimes it hangs around for a while. We don't like those. Sometimes the number was wrong. Using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, the stock's going to the destination, we have the destination right, and it turns around and runs back in the other direction. What does that produce? It produces a positive trade, also known as profit. Getting back in our lane over here, what's going on over in Camp IWM? Same deal as the SPY, they're running sideways, there's nothing wrong, it's basically a bull flag pattern. But look at the difference into the end of the day. Isn't this my favorite market-leading indicator? Where are they going into the end of the day? Somebody's buying up that market on volume into the end of the day. Maybe it was simply rebalancing. Maybe it wasn't. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. How does that compare to the last 5, 10, 15 minutes in the SPY? Well, it doesn't compare. It's much, much stronger. So we have to note it. It has to be a puzzle piece and it's on the table. Here's a 120-minute chart of the IWM. Anything bearish on this chart? No. 
Other than the longer term, from a downtrend perspective, from the daily chart and from this big long downtrend below all the moving averages, but when you just focus in on the last few days, this is a bullish pattern. This is a flag pattern that wants to break up, not down. That's what this chart is telling us. It is what it is. About the transports, my second favorite market leading indicator, first favorite canary in the coal mine. What's this telling us today? Well, it's got the same flaggish pattern going. It's riding the 20 period moving average and it's basically going to follow suit. It's not giving us any information one way or the other. It's basically doing the same thing that everything else is doing. So with that, we just move it along. We have some relative strength in the queues. The folks out in Silicon Valley were above the 20 period moving average. Remember, we got above there yesterday. We stayed above there today, had an opportunity to get back below the end of the day, certainly, but they chose not to. We take that. It's a small puzzle piece. It's on the table. Relative strength in the tech space, which means there's a bid underneath the tech space, which means even if we see a further pullback in the market, tech should outperform when everything turns up. If we're right, if I'm right, not we're right, if I'm right, and this is a flag or a B leg developing and there's going to be a C leg. So either way, we have a continuation move higher. If I'm right on that, the Qs or tech as a whole should outperform. And remember, that makes logical sense, right? Tech is still being sold. Businesses are still operating. It looks like everything's shut down. Every town looks like a ghost town, I would assume, at least where there's stay-in-place orders or whatever they call it. But business is still going on. People are working from home. So companies are buying additional technology. They're using more technology to do the same thing or more efficiently than they did before, which brings up another point. Let's be clear about something. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. A lot of companies are going to find out that they can work a lot more efficiently with people working from home. Not everybody, but we're going to find out that a lot of companies don't need a lot of that real estate space that they thought they needed before. On a side note, that'll be trouble for the real estate space or the commercial real estate space, but that's their problem. Anything going on with the XLF? Anything we need to know? Can we find anything on this page worthwhile? It's doing the same thing every other chart is doing. Therefore, no waste time. Move it along. Smash Mouth, SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Now, this was leading on the downside today, down almost 3%. Again, we can make a case if we want to about rebalancing and the end of the quarter and all that. We could say it's leading in terms of tech leading or SMH leading tech to the downside and a lot more downside to come. Or... We can leave it alone. We can say we're above the 20 period moving average. We'll play it by ear over the next day or so based on all the other data that we just went over. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to leave it to the data that we just went over. We're going to see what happens in the morning. And guess what? Inside the numbers, members will have a beat on it early. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, and without you, these videos are not possible, factual and true information everything I really wanted to and intended to discuss today. So I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.
My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Music